Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. So, Conchetta. Yes. What dinosaurs do you know? Can you name any dinosaurs? Um, I do know the dinosaur. Remember that time where we did that dinosaur in Sleepyhead Stories, the taco dinosaur, ate the dinosaur? That is a dragon. Do you think dragons are dinosaurs? I think they are. They look like a lot like dinosaurs, right? Well, I think they are. Yeah, me too. I think they have the same blood as dinosaurs. You think so? And the same bones because they look alike. Yeah, like they have the same DNA as a dinosaur pretty much, a dragon. What does DNA mean? DNA is like basically your blood, in your blood. What makes you, you. So what makes a, di- a dinosaur a dinosaur or a dragon a dragon? So... So can you name any dinosaurs? Like this dinosaur you have here on the bookshelf, the green one. Um, uh, what is he? Do you remember? A Ceratops. Very close. Triceratops. Triceratops. But you got very good. How about this one here? This yellow one we have. What do you think um, his name is? Do you remember? He's a a Cytopotus. Little... Close. It's a Brontosaurus. A Brontosaurus. Wow. Oh. Uh, did you know that both of those only ate plants? Now I know that one. That's a T-Rex. And that's a T-Rex. That's right. T-Rex ate meat. T-Rex has a T in it. That's right. So this week's episode, guys, is all about the dinosaur. <laughs> all about the dinosaur. And we got a cool app on our phone that when you push it, it tells you the dinosaur's name and what sound the dinosaur made. But I don't think it was accurate because every dinosaur sounded the same on the app. Everything sounded like rawr every time we pushed the button, right? You think that's what dinosaurs really sounded like or do you think they sounded different? I think the T-Rex sounded like this. Yeah, he looks really scary, doesn't he? And he probably makes that thing. But you know that I read that the T-Rex actually probably didn't make that noise. Why? Because he was so big and and strong and basically had very few predators himself. He didn't need to roar. Why? The peop- scientists or paleontologists but think why? that he made a but, really low rumble, like... But why? But he couldn't... But in the old times, back in dinosaurs, he couldn't have, he couldn't have, like, couldn't have decided to be, like, roar loud to scare the animals away. Like that. Didn't he do that? No, because he's trying to catch them to, to eat them. So he doesn't really want them to be scared away. They think he sounded like, it was almost like a growl, like when our dog Hannah sees something and she goes really loud of a growl. They think that's what he sounded like. But really, 
No one knows because no one's met a dinosaur before, right? Well, maybe we can make a time machine like on that thing there we passed. And we can make we can go back in time. I wish we could do that. Maybe yeah. you can invent a time machine so we can go see the dinosaurs. That would be great. And maybe after this book we should read that science book and see how we can make it. Okay, sounds good. So, are you ready to read about some dinosaurs? Yeah. All right, guys, here we go. Can I do the Welcome, guys, to another episode of Sleepyhead Stories. And tonight, we are reading a special book. It's actually really, really special. It's a foticular book. What do you think that means, Conchetta? What makes this book so special when you, by looking at it? Because it does movements. It does. This is an awesome book, guys. A foticular book. Basically, when you turn the pages of this book, the creatures inside the images move, almost like they come to life. And this book was created by Dan Kanan and written by Kathy Wallard. And they have a series of these books. Ocean, they have books. We have a few of them. Wild, Jungle, Safari, um many more and you guys if you have a chance to get your hands on one of these books they are an awesome addition to your libraries at home because the images and not just the images but the information inside them are so fantastic it's so fantastic i promise you you will love it so tonight since we wanted to talk about dinosaurs and we were inspired by our trip to the science museum because we saw dinosaur bones and fossils. We saw paleontologists um, unearthing a triceratops skull. Remember? So we were like, we're gonna do it. We bought this book in the gift shop, and we're gonna read about some dinosaurs, huh? Mhm. Mhm. So. And. Yes. And when you're reading this book, and you go to this page. These dinosaurs will be staring at you. Yes, some of them look like they're staring right at you. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to go ahead and get started. There's a little intro in the beginning by the creator. We're going to read that. And then we're going to go ahead and pick two or three dinosaurs to read about because this book is a bit long. If we were to read it from cover to cover, we'd be here for probably over an hour. So we're going to pick two or three of our favorite dinosaurs in this book and read about them to you guys. All right? You're going to do the picture, move the picture? Yeah. Well, first, let me read the intro, okay? Okay. Dinosaurs stand at the crossroads of science and mythology, which makes them uniquely fascinating. No human has ever come face-to-face with a dinosaur, but we get better at guessing what they may have looked like. So the author's saying basically that no one's ever seen a dinosaur, and is it real or is it fairy tale? I mean, but maybe if we know it's real, maybe if it's maybe if we if if right now was in back in dinosaur time, people were living there, you know. No, there were no people back then. No human has ever met a dinosaur. Back then, after after the dinosaur life, and then the second life, they went. To the, they try to, they went to find dinosaur bones. That's right. A paleontologist does that. So probably. Or archaeologists too. Yeah. Yeah. So probably they knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna see, read a little bit about it. 
Science does an excellent job at reconstructing features based on bone fragments alone, and we have fossils that preserve the texture, telling us that, for instance, the Velociraptor had feathers. Computer biometric programs, or basically computers, can analyze a particular bone structure at a particular size and give a lifelike representation of how a creature would move. All these things together enable animators to do a wonderful job of imagining how a long extinct animal may have looked while hunting for lunch or sparring with a predator. But an educated guess is still in the end just a guess. And therein lies the wonder. When my father brought home a couple of little toys from his job at the Smithsonian, I was particularly excited about the primordial form of the Triceratops. It is exciting to bring some of that wonder to life and to think that perhaps some future paleontologist may get his or her first glimpse of a dinosaur from one of these foticular books. And that was written by Dan Kanan. Yes. You don't have to raise your hand. Go I ahead. forgot my answer. You forgot. Okay. So basically he's saying he hopes he inspires you with all these images in this book and the information inside of it. So maybe one day you can become a paleontologist. I don't want to. I want to be a chef like that. You want to be a chef? Okay. Well, it's still good to know about dinosaurs. So Conchetta is going to pick which dinosaurs we are going to read about. Ready, Toots? Do you want to read about the T-Rex? Yeah, I wanted to do the guy where I was staring at me. Or these? Oh, the guy that was staring at you. Hmm. Let's go back. Let me see. What, I think that was the Velociraptor. Oh, Ooh. here it is. Yeah, it was. <laughs> He's got feathers. Oh, my gosh. Look at him. Let's go inside. So the Velociraptor, some of you may know what a Velociraptor is. I don't know where it is. Well, he's, he's got a pretty big reputation, especially in the movies in Hollywood. So, here we go. Velociraptor. In the Jurassic Park movies, the Velociraptors were big, scaly creatures that actually were molded after a different dinosaur, Dinichus. And sorry, guys, if I don't pronounce these right. Discovered in Montana, Dinichus was 11 feet long and weighed several hundred pounds. But while both Dinichus and Velociraptor were bird-like carnivores. The real Velociraptor was only three feet tall and weighed at most 40 pounds. That's basically as big as you. Yeah, this guy right here, flapping around, looking like he's a bird, but he doesn't fly, was basically as big as you. Crazy, huh? Okay, she doesn't have a comment on that. <laughs> So, the name Velociraptor comes from the Latin words meaning velox, which means swift, and raptor, which means plunderer or robber. The first of these small but deadly dinosaurs was discovered in the Mongolian Gobi Desert in 1923 by an expedition run by the American Museum of Natural History. In 2007, paleontologists found quill knobs on a fossilized velociraptor forearm bone, showing that the swift robber wore feathers. 
Velociraptors couldn't fly, although their ancestors probably did. But their feathers may have attracted mates, and the dinosaurs probably relied on their feather arms to protect their eggs. Large clawed hands, each bearing three talons. Talons are like, like on a bird, like an eagle has talons on his feet, like claws. And they were held with the palms facing inward as if ready to grab something or someone. Oh boy. Velociraptor had even more menacing feet. It strode along its third and fourth clawed toes. Wow. The second toe was topped by a long, thick, sickle-shaped claw. Whether Velociraptor walked or ran, the claw was ready and held aloft. It was held up. It was ready to go with that claw. Since this dinosaur had extra large eyes, paleontologists think it did most of its hunting at night. Wow. While movies have portrayed velociraptors as hunting in packs like lions, some paleontologists point out that no modern reptiles or birds team up to hunt. But when a Komodo dragon stalks and kills its prey, other hungry Komodo dragons do rush in and fight over the carcass. A scene that, too, would have played out amongst velociraptors. Wow, guys. So, this says here, they lived in Mongolia and Inner Mongolia in China. That's where they used to live. And they lived during the late Cretaceous period in desert habitats and high sand dunes. Very interesting. And their diet was reptiles, amphibians, insects, mammals, and other dinosaurs. There's you go, guys, the Velociraptor. And you guys, like I said, you have to get this book and see how he moves because he does look like he's coming at you, huh? I want to do T-Rex. You want to do T-Rex or Triceratops? T-Rex. T-Rex, T-Rex, T-Rex. He's the first one. He's on the cover here. Here's the... This is what it says. T-Rex's rise to fame, T-Rex or Tyrannosaurus Rex, I should say. His rise to fame was set in motion in 1900 when a partial skeleton was found in eastern Wyoming. That's not far from here, Conchetta. We live in Denver, Colorado. Henry Fairfield Osborne, then head of the American Museum of Natural History, named the newly discovered dinosaur by combining the Greek words Tyrannos, tyrant, and Sauros, lizard. Rex, the species name, is Latin for king. The result was Tyrannosaurus rex, king, tyrant, lizard, the most memorable and apt of all dinosaur names. T-Rex was 40 feet long. Conchetta, you know how 40, how big 40 feet is? Basically, it's bigger than from this wall to that wall. It's, it's a bit bigger than that. From here to here, he's bigger than that. Imagine. I know. And he was 20 feet high. And his big head was four feet in length. And he had 50 different teeth in his mouth of all different sizes. These fearsome teeth were designed for gripping, tearing, and chopping up animals. Oh, my goodness. And they wielded a bite force of more than 8,000 pounds. 
For a towering, ferocious dinosaur, T-Rex had short little arms. <laughs> just three feet. And ending with just two little fingers. They think that the arms were for holding their prey tight. As a hunter, T-Rex also made more refined had more refined capabilities. The carnivore's forward-pointing eyes indicate that its vision was better than a hawk's, and its skull housed a relatively big brain. Some researchers think that Tyrannosaurus rex is hunted in packs. Interesting. In 2005, paleontologists sampled the thigh bone of a T-Rex known as Bob. And, yes. <laughs> and discovered medullary, a medullary bone, a bone layer of extra calcium. Medullary bone appears in female birds during the egg formation period. And its presence in Bob's femur suggests that this T-Rex may have been pregnant when she died. So Bob was a girl. Mommy? Mm-hmm. Um... Um, the guy that built my school was named Bob. <laughs> he was. How do you know? You met him? Yeah. Okay. And so Bob was a girl. And paleontologists say this discovery strengthens the connection between living birds and their dinosaur ancestors. They even think that it's likely that T-Rex might have had feathers on its body when it was a young dinosaur. Young? Mm-hmm. So they could travel 12 to 17 miles an hour. They, they lived in North America from Canada all the way down to Mexico. Their habitat was subtropical forests, bayous, and semi-arid plains. They lived during the late Cretaceous just like the Velociraptor did, but totally different area of the globe. And they were 11,000 to 18,000 pounds. Yes, Conchetta. In dinosaur time, you could make time travelers because they've been made there before. Yeah, we watched some shows where people traveled through time to see dinosaurs or the show on PBS, Dinosaur Train, they travel to different periods of the of the dinosaur age, don't they? But I don't think that show is real because... <laughs> no, it's a cartoon. Yeah. But it's cool, right? Yeah, I don't really watch it anymore. All right, so what do you think? Are we getting tired? Do we want to do one more or do we want to stop here? Stop. We want to stop. All right, guys, so I'll just quickly tell you what the, what the names of the other dinosaurs they have in here are so you know. They also talk about Sauroposeidon, which that was a humongous dinosaur, like... Like 10 T-Rexes, I feel like. They also talk about the Stegosaurus, which was found very close to where we live here in Denver, Colorado, actually. I went there and saw where they found a full skeleton of a Stegosaurus. Pretty cool. We have also the Eoraptor. Eoraptor. I'm sorry if I don't pronounce some of these correct. Ooh, he's eating a bush there. Very cool. Oh, he was tiny. He was only 22 pounds. He was a little teeny little thing. He looks bigger in here, but it says a size 22 pounds. Eeyore, Eoraptor. Why does his body look really big? And his, his head's, head's tiny. Small. I don't know. Then we have the great Triceratops, which is probably one of the most well-known besides T-Rex. He lived in this area also. Um, I think skeletons were found the first of his 
kind in Colorado. So there's the great triceratops, the big herbivore, of course, the velociraptor, and the parosaurolophus. Wow, I don't know what. Oh, I've seen this one before with his head. He's got like a big, long, kind of like a horn thing. Yeah, he's a big one. And then the protoceratops. Ooh, look at him. But he was tiny. He was less than 400 pounds Wait, compared to the real triceratops. Or not the real, the big one. He looks like a human. You think he looks like a human? No. Yeah, that's his mouth and that's his oh, eyes. Oh, because of his eyes. Spikes. Yeah, he's, got, he's looking right at us. It's a close-up of his face. Where did he live? Oh, he was over in China. Wait, don't move it. Let me see. Yeah, he's moving cool. We see his big beak and his horn neck. That's the protoceratops. And I think that's it, guys. Yeah. So, please get your hand on this book, Dinosaur, guys. We love it. We hope you enjoyed our dinosaur episode. Yeah. Any closing remarks before we end the episode? Anything you want to end about dinosaurs? Do you have a dinosaur joke? Anything? Mm. No? I do have a joke for Valentine's Day. Well, it's not Valentine's Day. Can I just tell you it? You want to say the Valentine's Day joke? Yeah. Okay, go. Um, um, violets are blue, roses are red, they make me a chill! <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, guys. We wish you a great night. Want to say good night? Say it in dinosaur language. Rawr. 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 Hi, guys. Corey here from Sleepyhead Stories, and I have some exciting news to share with you all. We now have our very own website sleepyheadstoriespodcast.com hop on there with your parents to see things like pictures listen to old episodes purchase cool merchandise or you can even reach out to us and speaking of reaching out we are now going to be giving shout outs to all our favorite listeners send us a message either on our website or an email to sleepyheadstories at gmail.com or a direct message on our Instagram or Facebook page, and we'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you have a birthday coming up, let us know, and we'll for sure wish you a happy birthday on the podcast. Also, guys, if you feel to do so, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes. You can either leave us a starred review, or if you feel like it, you can write a full review out and let everybody know how much you enjoy Sleepyhead Stories. We would truly appreciate it. Guys, thank you so much. We love what we do. We love reading books, and we love sharing them with you all. Have a great day or a great night, and we'll talk to you in the next episode.